Sex and happiness both enrich our lives, yet it's surprising how few people can honestly say that they enjoy regular and fulfilling sex or describe themselves and their lives as happy. Host Lori Handlers helps you to experience real intimacy and happiness. You'll laugh a little, learn a little, and we hope put a smile on your face and a smile in your life. Now here's Lori. Hi, everybody. This is Lori Handlers, and you're listening to Sex and Happiness, a show about your sex and your happiness. And today, I'm being interviewed by Brianna Krabayer. Hey! I'm <laughs> delighted to be here interviewing you. She's right here in my house. You can see there's a mirror behind us. So you'll see, you know, us moving in the back and behind us in the mirror. I have decided that I'm going to re- be doing some new stuff with my show which is to let you know some of the more current things that I'm into these days, rather than interviewing other people. And Brianna has offered to interview me about some of those things. So one of the new things is that I had eye surgery. So I'm not gonna be wearing my big glasses anymore. Which is a shame because they're real cute. They are cute, (laughs) but I have new readers. I have to wear readers for when when I'm reading. So they look the same as my other glasses because they're red, but I can't see anything up here with these on. So I'm going backwards, which is what I've always wanted, which I plan to do reverse aging. So here we go. I'm going backwards. So today we're going to be talking to me and Brianna has prepared some questions and I'm clueless as to the questions that she's prepared. Well, it's going to be like all of the conversations that we have. Okay. Right. Just it's great in the flow and opening up okay good yeah and in case you don't know brianna and i have been leading courses called sex and happiness journey and sex and happiness express almost since COVID started tremendously successful courses online we have over 100 graduates we do we do yeah about 110 graduates at this point Mm -hmm. and lest i forget we also from there some of the people who graduated, we took under our wings and made them apprentices. And they're studying to study and to be able to offer sex and happiness offerings along the lines of the material that I've written in my book, Sex and Happiness. So we've, we have two tiers of programs and we're about to have a third, but we'll tell you about a little bit about that one at the end. So I got to give you something to stick around for. (laughs) (laughs) So as you're talking about reverse aging, one of the things that I think about in your teachings is how important pleasure is to, to your vitality, not just yours, but to other people. Pleasure is so important. Um, People don't realize it. Like they pleasure has become the P word, which is so weird. Like there are social medias that take pleasure out. Um, Facebook like sends its bots to find the word pleasure in various ads and sometimes takes it down. (sighs) Pleasure is really important. Golfing is pleasurable. Swimming is pleasurable. Running is pleasurable. But the actual pleasure of the skin, the pleasure of the flesh, we'll say, is super important because um, it produces oxytocin and nothing else. Running doesn't produce oxytocin. It produces endorphins and it produces serotonin 
those are really important to our bodies, but touch, whether it's self-touch or whether it's touching another mm. is super important. And our brains depend on it. And so when we talk about longevity and then we talk about reversing aging, haven't you ever walked into a room and looked around the room and said, having sex, having sex, having sex. <laughs> Pointing at people Dried in the room. Not having sex. Oh, like you can feel the energy coming yeah. off of people. Look, haggard, gray looking. I'm not talking about if it's man or woman. Like you can just tell when somebody's not getting laid, they're yeah. not getting touched, they're not connecting. And there must be so many of you out there now who are not connecting because of COVID. We know, look, we have- This has been the number one thing that people have said that they miss is physical touch and connection. Yeah. Now we have so we have friends in New York City who like live, in, I, I always consider living in New York City, which I come from. Um, so it's not like I never did this. Living in shoe boxes, little shoe boxes that have a bathroom mm -hmm. and a little kitchenette. And maybe you're lucky enough to have an alcove. She wrote about that and I think it was in Fear of Flying. She talked about- apartments in New York City with alcoves where you would put the bed. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I'm laughing, but I know that there are people hold up, even if they have big houses in Connecticut or Wyoming or wherever, who have not seen a human being in a very long time. I have friends who haven't seen anybody in their hair in Arizona. And so then people are really reliant upon finding pleasure in other ways, finding pleasure with the self. There's been a huge spike from um, sex toy companies for self-pleasure, self-pleasure items. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah, me too. It's, I mean, what a gift, what a gift for that. And I think it's a big piece that people are looking for right now is how do I stay healthy? And what I hear you saying over and over again is to be in pleasure. You have to be in pleasure. If you hate what you do, it's time to, look, if COVID did anything, it gave you a chance to reevaluate your life. Like it gave us all a chance to reevaluate. That's why we created what we created. We just went like, okay, there's COVID. We what can't... do people need right now? What, what, right. Do, what do people need? What do we need? What do we need? What do people need? And we can't go anywhere. We can't get together. So what are we going to do? And so we created what we created. And as you probably know, Michael and I created some things too. We took our, we were, <laughs> we were on our way to, to Miami and then to Tel Aviv when everything got shut down. And so my friend from Tel Aviv called me and he said, Laurie, the skies are closed. <laughs> you can't come in or out. <laughs> oh, the heartbreak. It was. We had to cancel everything. So we immediately put everything online. That was the first thing. So we were talking two days ago and I was trying to think of, you know, we we're brainstorming and I was trying to think of a word for the opposite of suffering. And really what I've felt throughout the last year is it's so easy to be in suffering. It's so easy because the creature comforts that we rely upon are no longer available to us. Even, you know, grocery shopping for some people, they don't feel safe or there are periods of time where it didn't, it really didn't feel safe to be in grocery stores. And so I'm right. saying like, what's the opposite of suffering and pleasure is the first thing that comes to mind for me. It Perhaps is. there's lots of other words that fit it, but for me personally right now, it's pleasure. Am I choosing suffering? Am I choosing pleasure? But what that takes up? consciousness. I mean, just to even ask that question takes consciousness and some self-awareness because the reptilian brain would have you suffer. Mm -hmm. And so listen, everybody, if you have been suffering, 
you don't get down on yourself about it because it's not, um, or guilty or ashamed of it. The limbic system is very ancient in our bodies. It was one of the first things formed and it connects to the reptilian brain, which is the stem of the brain. And that part has to do with survival and it, it makes us suffer over things. We think a bear is coming when there is no bear coming to attack us. Um, so we, to some people, COVID was the bear, mm. you know, or the saber-toothed tiger that came back to, you know, that scared this part of us. And, and this part is like a, bull, a pit bull. It doesn't let go. Like you have to actually literally ask yourself, mm-hmm do I want to be suffering or do I want to be in pleasure? And it attacks all of the parts of ourselves. You know, it affects our sleep, which we know that we need to stay regulated and to be in our pleasure. Right. Um, it creates cravings in our body for things that don't make us feel good, whether that's alcohol, sugar, caffeine. You know, we get more intense craving, cravings totally. when that fear is Listen, I can, I can attest to that. Yeah. I have a five pound <laughs> extra <laughs> so, I, I thought I was doing so good and then I was trying on my clothes and I was like whoa I gained a little weight this little COVID fatty fatty cells so yeah <laughs> so when you think about staying in pleasure and how people can keep that present in their lives and particularly what I'm interested in which leads us into what you've been working on and creating over the past year plus really um If we've been in a pattern of suffering, it's more challenging to move out of that pattern the the older we get, is the story that we tell ourselves and also can feel very true. People say to themselves, people say a lot of things to themselves. I'm too old for this shit. One thing. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm getting older. Look, I can't do this anymore. This is what comes with age. Um... I'm no spring chicken. I'm no whatever it is. Those are all built in things that the culture says. We've learned that people who are 30 think they're old when they hit 30. Yep. So, um, (laughs) so I'm here to say that's not true. Um, That you, but that's another, excuse me, that takes another bit of consciousness. That's what I had to learn not to say that stuff to myself. Like I changed everything. Like there is no cheesecake to die for. Okay. And there's no break a leg when we're doing a show, Mm -hmm. you know, we're doing a show and we're not breaking a leg and we're not knocking them dead. Mm -hmm. When we go to do a workshop, you've shifted your language in order to support your thought patterns. Exactly. In so many ways. I knock people alive when I show up. Yeah. When I show up at a course, I knock them alive. Mm-hmm. I don't knock people dead. To wake them up. Exactly. Wake people up. Exactly. Wake people up to life. But I had to learn that. I, I, that, I That's not original to me. I, people shared that with me and I took it on. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny when, you know, when Michael will say, um, that's dead on. And then he'll <laughs> look at me and he'll go, that wasn't what. I wasn't supposed to say that. <laughs> So for anyone that's listening today and they're feeling even whether you're 30 or 75 and wondering, how can I feel my life? How can I feel young? And particularly if this is connected to pleasure and thinking I've, 
I mean, I've been, you know, I'm 30, I'll be 38 this year. I've, I've noticed in my lifetime periods of pulling back from pleasure mm-hmm. where I want to pull back to suffer more. <laughs> I'm not ringing the bell. Don't ring the that. bell for that. It is a spot on statement, but don't <laughs> ring the bell because it's not something that I ever want to move towards. Really what I'm, I want to move away from that. Um, but people do that. They they self deprecate. Yeah. It's like deprive. Yeah. You know, deprivation. Yeah. I'll deprive myself of this pleasure because I wasn't good. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a good person. I didn't do good. I made a mistake. Let me punish myself. We've, we have um, enculturated, that's I, I, such a big word for it. We've learned very well from our teachers, whether it was our parents that, who were that way or religion or the culture that, you know, if, we, if you don't do good, you get punished and, and you have to like, you can't have dessert, which is pleasurable. So you can't have dessert if you want to punish yourself. That's crazy. <laughs> it is. It's crazy. Why would I want to punish myself? I didn't do anything wrong. You didn't do anything wrong. So that's, yeah. But so what's the suffering? And everyone has to answer that for themselves. What are you suffering over? And what won't you, you know, like what? If Brianna and I came over and we tried to take the hammer of suffering out of your hand, what would you be clinging to? Why would you fight us about that? What is the insistence on suffering? I don't get it. Mm. But it's, you know, I had to train myself not to get it. Mm-hmm. So what do you feel like is the way for people to connect back to their pleasure? Particularly if they notice that they've been in the suffering or in the deprivation. Uh, a few things. Let's look at na- like things that aren't too hard. Mm-hmm. So first. Simple steps. Yeah. Yeah. How much do you sleep? All right. Now you may have heard Kirk Parsley on my show, my sleep expert. Um, he says you need seven and a half hours of sleep a night or more. How much do you sleep? Would you give yourself the luxury of sleeping that long? If you don't sleep like that naturally, would you take valerian root or something that would help you sleep? just to, you need it. And, um, and you need it more than, you know, you could go, you could go back, back, back in my show um, listings and look for sleep because sometimes your relationships end because you, you have different sleep patterns and you think it's a personality trait. So how much do you sleep? That's one. How luxurious of a bath do you take? Mm. Do you only shower? Would you give yourself a bubble bath? Would you give yourself a bath in candlelight? Would you play sweet music? I mean, those are easy things. And they're not too much of a stretch for most people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then rub oil on your body afterwards. Yeah. The bath doesn't end when the bath ends. Right. It's how much can you carry that into your day or into your night? And could you put relaxing stuff in the bath like Epsom salts, you know, like that? So those are two really easy things. Now let's talk about moving the body. Could you walk? If you're really paranoid, could you walk with a mask on? Could you walk in your neighborhood, wherever it is? Could you just give your body the pleasure of doing something? And so on. So you build on things that are simple until like, could you work out? Could you touch yourself? Could you feel, could you rub your hands together? 
and mm. and uh, feel the warmth of your hands and then could you touch yourself? Could you feel what that feels like? And we're not really, we're not gonna give you an exercise here in self-pleasure, but the idea is to start becoming aware. Could you get up every few hours from your computer or from whatever and stretch? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sit, by the, sit by the window and watch the birds. Exactly. Take deep breaths. Right. And there's so many ways for people to do this now because there are free apps that support this. Um, and then there's ways to go deeper with it. You know, really ways th- to dig deeper. I think people used to go shopping. Like the only way they would reward themselves is to buy a new pair of shoes or something. Sure. And I feel like these things should take over that. Yeah. When I hear about self-care, so many people thought that they had to give up their self-care because self-care meant getting a massage getting your hair done, getting nails done. Look, my nails haven't been done since COVID. <laughs> I keep looking at those videos of me where I had that bright orange. Oh yeah, that bright orange. <laughs> Look. But this really has to do with um, caring for the self in a deeper way. You know, Sometimes it's creating a flower arrangement. Sometimes it's cleaning the house. Sometimes it's reorganizing something that you've been putting off. Sometimes it's actually just taking time to be with yourself in the mirror. I mean, the reason that we like having attention paid to us, yes, the physical touch from someone else feels great with massage and hair and even nails getting, you know, somebody's there and they're waiting on you. But what if we gave that to ourselves? So Lori and I in the sex and happiness journey, oftentimes, and probably with our private clients as well, have assigned people to do a self-date. And there's so many beautiful things that come out of the self-date. And it's interesting to notice when someone's immediate first thing that they think about is to go spend money on something. Right. And perhaps, you know, it's great to notice if we never give to ourselves financially, if we're never investing in ourselves, investing in new clothes or investing in something that makes us look and feel good, but how much more there is to explore beyond that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's our recommendation. I mean, of course, it's always going to be up to you. We're not going to be there to see if they did their homework. Mm -hmm. But pleasure is important in your whole nervous system. Pleasure is important in your whole uh, hormonal system. Pleasure is important for your brain and your synapses. So why not take on the assignment? All right, so we've now actually given the assignment for a self-date. Here we were just referencing it, but I'd really love to hear from people that are diving into this and are taking themselves. And let's say that you've done this before. Well, great, surprise yourself and see how it's new. It's not really a one-time thing. You know, we don't go on a date with our partners one time and think that we're good to go. That's it. You know, or even once a year. No. I mean, we see this with couples all the time. Yeah, we went out for our anniversary once really? a year yeah oh certainly God. and not planning something <clears throat> once a week or a couple times a week to have something special where you get to, to drop in even if you find that one activity you know that lights you up and sparks that connection great do that every week do it every week do it every week find the thing that works it's great in my pl- in my house we have a fire pit and during covid we had fires pretty much every night which it's, is really nice oh, it's a game changer <clears throat> game changer <clears throat> so So one of the things that I'm curious about then, so here are some simple ways to bring pleasure back into your life. And now let's particularly talk about with aging. As we get 
older, as we've, as we've been on this planet, as we have more experience being alive is really how I like to think about it. Mm -hmm. um, one of the common things that people think about is that sex also gets harder. And, it gets different. And right. Well, and I, I've heard you say it even gets better. And I think it that's what we're better. really talking about here is well, what are the ways that it gets better? It gets better because we're not so hung up on what other people think about us. So we can just be wild within ourselves. Like mm -hmm. I don't have to impress my partner because I'm so worried about what my partner is going to think about me. I actually don't care what my partner thinks about me. I care that I have the best pleasure I could possibly have mm -hmm. when I'm having sex. So <clears throat> that's one thing too. I'm not going to be worried about getting pregnant anytime soon. Yay. So that's not even a problem. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't have to worry. I don't, I'm not going through the phases of menstruation and the down that it is just before bleeding and then the whole bleeding thing and then the after. So all of that is gone. And so it's just when I want to have sex, I want to have sex and I want it to be good. Mm. And I'm also not afraid to ask for what I want and state that clearly and i'm not afraid to say uh to afterwards to like go over well this part was really good this part not so much mm -hmm. i'm not a, you know all the things that might have held me back from that in the past don't hold me back anymore so that's fun then also the body changes so for some people when their hormones shift they might need more lubrication from the outside nothing to be ashamed of just find a lube that works for you i recommend organic lubes i don't know the names of them offhand but um <laughs> they're in here somewhere in the recesses <laughs> um oh i know the one that uh comes with sibian is a good one it's organic mm, can't think of it i could put it in the notes for the show um, organic lubes are really good. Coconut oil is really good. Um, not for everyone, but no, yes. <laughs> not for everyone. Some people get a, a yeast infection from using the wrong thing. So sometimes you might need to be added lube. Sometimes you may need to rearrange the furniture so that it works for you because you can't bend in a certain way that you used to, or you need pillows underneath your butt because it just, your body just needs more comfort and more leverage so you can do those kinds of things mm -hmm. things change um and but, i think the sooner that people can become comfortable with that idea versus thinking that everything stops right like i the, think that's really there i'm gonna bell for that, that gets one. a ding yes <laughs> Um, I think it's a big concern for people in their 30s, 40s, and 50s is that I better have as much sex as I can now because eventually this is going to stop. My body's going to change. So I better date, you know, people that are much younger while I can. I got it, but it's all this scarcity mentality of I've got to get it now before XYZ when we really don't have any idea what that's going to look like, particularly if we're actually committed to being in the unknown and committed to pleasure. Exactly. Well, I think, you know, this is a, this is an area where we can be influenced by um, Madison Avenue and the 
the uh, commercial machines that are geared towards 20s and less and uh, often leaves people out who are older. And I, you know, the baby boomers, I'm a baby boomer. I'm, I'm like one of the original baby boomers. And uh, we're all of an age where we deserve pleasure just as much as we did in the 60s. And I, I feel like we can have that, but we have to make an effort. Mm -hmm. And you can't let yourself go to pot. Like you can't like, literally you, you can't let yourself deteriorate. Um, so there's two things at play. One is, you know, how do you eat? How do you take care of yourself? How do you exercise? All the things that we shouldn't let go of. And then the other part is, if you don't let go of all that stuff, why would you let go of this? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and a lot of this you touch on in your new book. And that's part of what we yeah. want to share. And not only the new book, but also a course to support people um, in this. I mean, really to guide people through it. The book outlines the practices. The course ensures that you do the practices. Exactly. So it's called Sex and Happiness Over 60. And it's really geared for people 50 and over. Who are, who are worrying about this um, who, or who have been met with some challenges. And there's so much in the book that talks about what it's going to take to be in the unknown, what Brianna's been referencing, and to, um, to move with grace. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think about so many of the clients that I have, I'd say the largest number of clients who come to me are over 50. Really? And wondering what on earth they're going to do with themselves now. Either they've already felt a dip in libido or their partners have felt a dip in libido um, and they don't know how to talk about it. They've never had to talk about it before and it's all new and it can be very scary or yeah, they're craving more touch after a separation or, um, or they've been widowed. And there's all kinds of, there's all kinds of things. There's all kinds of things that can come up for us, particularly in thinking, I think the most common thought is, am I going, am I just going to die alone and unhappy in suffering? Yeah. So I would encourage you not to die. <laughs> it's the first thing. Well, especially if you're 50, you've got lots yeah, of right. years left. Don't under go you. along with that. Yeah. My father was a widow. Well, he was widowed at 72 by my mother and he came to class. He came to Tantra class and learned all again how to deal with sexuality. And then he met someone later in his 70s who he madly fell in love with and she madly fell in love with him. She wasn't a younger woman either. She was the same age as him. And they, he lived the rest of his life till 90 like madly in love with someone and he was having great sex, although he was getting a little help from the blue pill. But so what? Like, he, you know, he, and I'm going to tell you something. I've, I've discussed this before on the show. One time he was taking lessons with her at Arthur Murray. And I said to him, what are you going to Arthur Murray for? You're a great dancer. And he said to me, I'm with a new woman. I got to learn how to dance with her. Mm. And I said to him, you know, that's the most tantric thing I've ever heard. <laughs> he said to me, seriously? I'm like, yeah, most men that I know of who already knew something 
are not going to take, you know, in their 70s to take new stuff. Mm. My father said, look, she's a different dancer. I have to learn to dance with her. I, I really think this is why everyone can benefit from learning Tantra, but also from working with coaches. You know, the yes. thing that we talk about with the apprenticeship program is that there's, there can actually never be too many coaches because I really believe that everyone could have a coach. We can have a coach around business. We can have a coach around relationships. Sometimes our business coach is coaching us around relationships. Sometimes our relationship coach is coaching us around business. And when we're talking about sexuality and partnership, we are always changing, even if we've been with the same partner for 20 years. That's right. We're always changing. That's right. There's always something new to dive into. So even sometimes I'll work with people for a year and then we'll have check-ins once a month, you know, afterwards, after they've been a long-standing client. And really diving into the ways that we can continue to open ourselves up. There's always something new. But when there's a new partner, if you're trying the same tricks that your old partner liked, and we talk about this in identifying desires and boundaries. I know, I can't stand one trick ponies. It makes me crazy. Because we're all so unique and different. Yeah. I mean, some of those tricks are really fantastic. You know, by all right, means, not try the all only your tricks thing on me. Every time, you know, no. <laughs> but I also want to say, you know, I just want to talk about um, in this libido question, Men, as they age, lose their testosterone and women gain testosterone hormonally. So women start to be more like penetrating and men start to be more, you know, like soft. And that bothers them because they're used to being hard. So, uh, you know, I'll just give one tip and that just says have sex in the morning if you're in a hetero couple, have sex in the morning because it's more likely that if the man has testosterone, it's gonna be it's gonna be surging right when he wakes up in the morning than trying to make love at eight o'clock at night. Mm. Doesn't work so good. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's, a, I have that in my relationship. What's so. interesting too, is if, if a couple is talking about this really openly, that they can actually play with that dynamic. A exactly. Bit there can be a different polarity switch that happens when both people are accepting of it. Not that those things happen at the exact same time, but I have felt so honored when instead of being shamed for my dominating personality, it's been welcomed and a partner is willing to come into surrender with with me so, and acknowledging like, got it. Yeah, you've got a lot of dominating energy going on. Let's play with that. Oh, it just feels so honoring to be loved yeah, for who I am yeah. instead of being told I have to soften or I have to submit, which I actually really love to do also. Yeah, but not like, that's, no. not, your, that's not your natural state. It's either. not, it's not, but I do, <laughs> but I do love it more and more, honestly, more and more. I've just worked through a lot of stuff these last couple of years and softening and surrendering feels so good to me now That's good in a way that it never did before, probably because I've been hanging out with you so much. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, for me, I didn't, I wasn't into that either. And people would say to me, oh my God, you're so like aggressive. And I was like, oh. So I got kind of shy as a result. And um, that didn't serve me. Mm -mm. No, that conversation of I'm too much, but it's your too muchness that makes you you. That's exactly right. Thank goodness. We want even more. So those are some things to think about. And we, you know, we're going to bring them. We're going to bring some more. 
um, my show now is going to change some in that we're going to be talking more about the work. And, um, you know, I hope this serves you. We want to hear. So if you feel to send an email to laurie at lauriehandlers.com, please do that. And let me know how you're coming on with this or shoot a note on Facebook or whatever. That would be really great because I feel like this is going to serve more these days. And it's kind of what I'm more interested in. So I'm, if we're all, if I'm all about pleasure, I'm going to do what makes me feel pleasure. And this <laughs> makes me feel pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, mm-hmm. I, if I, if I, like, it's like, I've interviewed so many people and that's been great. And now I want to be interviewed. I have some things to say. You have so, lots to say. Yeah. You have lots to say. <laughs> Anyone who's been in a course with Lori knows that it just, it never ends. And each course is totally different. I mean, you've been teaching courses around Tantra and sexuality for decades. And each course, I hear something new and different. Hmm. And I think that's a testament to how much you are really focusing on your own growth continuously. And one of the things that I absolutely love about you is your curiosity and your thirst for new knowledge, which has been one of the fun things about interviewing so many people over the years. Oh, it has been. It's been like I get off the phone, uh, off the phone. I get off the Zoom and I go, wow, I just talked to the most amazing person, you know, and that's how I feel about it. That's how I feel about these people. And I feel like I'm one of those people, so I need to either interview myself <laughs> or you need to interview me. <laughs> well, I think we're going to have a lot of fun with that. I already have five other ideas of things I want to talk to you about. All right, that's great. But for now, particularly, it's felt like pleasure and focusing on sex and happiness after 60 is what's bubbling to the surface. And particularly as we get ready to release the course for sex and happiness after 60. Yeah, that's super. So in case you were sitting at the edge of your chair in the beginning, wondering what I was going to talk about, we're actually releasing two new courses. One is Sex and Happiness After 60. It only gets better. And that will start April. Uh, so I'm everything's packed. So it's like April something. Um, third week in April. I'll just say that. Uh, it'll start third week in April. And we're also releasing something called, is it Mastering Pleasure? Manifesting Manifesting Pleasure. Manifesting Pleasure. So that's where we started today. And um, yeah, we're 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 looking forward to bringing people what they say they want, what they're concerned about, what they're curious about. And um, yeah, we'd love to see you there if you're one of those people. Like, if you don't know how to manifest pleasure, if you're concerned about aging, if you're concerned about being desirable and attractive, mastering pleasure, manifesting, woo, manifesting pleasure is for you. If you're 50 or over and you want to know how to really mix it up for the rest of your life and make it fun and great and challenging and hysterically fun, um, you should come to sex to that and happiness one. after 60. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. And, that, and that's starting third week in April. So more information on all of this coming up very soon. Yeah. So 
Usually I say this is Laurie Handlers. Stay tuned because we're going to have another amazing guest next time. And we are. It's me. <laughs> and Brianna has wonderfully agreed to interview me over and over. So, um, so we'll be talking about some more of this next time. Go a little deeper, hit from another angle. We'll Which is back. what we're really all looking for, going a little, getting it a little deeper and hitting from another angle. Exactly. <laughs> no sexual metaphor in there at all. So we'll see you next time. And we're giving you a lot of love. We can give you the hearts and the kisses. Mm. We'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for joining us today for Sex and Happiness. To learn more about Lori and her work, follow her on Twitter or Facebook. You can send her an email at sexandhappiness at gmail.com. We'll see you again right here next week for another edition of Sex and Happiness. Oh.